So here we are. We're back again. Mm. Oh, it's the Welcome third Donald. time. This is really exciting. Am I, am I now making history once more being a third time guest? Yes, actually. Yes. No one ca- no one cares enough to come back for a third time. So. I know, I know. But there, there is something magical at this time of year. Something important. The... Mm. The Russell. Oh, also, of, you, sh- you should know that the the fanfare from the Eurovision theme song is playing behind you, in case that affects your, <laughs> your cadence at all. I was going to say the rustle of of polyester fabrics and and glitter wigs and various things like that, but you can't hear that behind that fanfare because it's so powerful and moving. <laughs> are we are we reaching a crescendo? Are we nearly there? Uh, oh, oh, I am. I don't know about the music, <laughs> but I am reaching a personal crescendo right now. <laughs> it's it's early May. It's time to to kind of you know ease ourselves back into dip a toe back into the lukewarm slightly murky pool of Eurovision once again and start I don't want I don't want to know what all those stains are that are around the side of the pool I don't I don't yeah. want to know what that shimmer is at the top it's just I'm not going to ask some these questions chlorine probably at this point yeah. but it is a, it's but a the nice Russians time. are the only ones offering the chlorine and I don't want them to put it in uh, those damn Russians um, yeah no I, I I come to you this year having having been at the actual thing last year so yeah. you know my my whole perspective has changed man I'm just I'm I'm a <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. I'm how how, from the did it, how did it has it changed? Like what being there in person? What? How does it? Is it? Does it feel different? It does. It does. I mean, there's like, a, yeah, it's it's incredibly interesting to go to. I really, I highly recommend going. I mean, we're gonna definitely talk about this in a few minutes. But this year, there's a lot of controversy about whether to go or not, and most people who who I know who regularly go are not going this year because mm-hmm. of of who's hosting. We'll talk about that. But um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's it's uh, the atmosphere that takes over an entire city like that of just there being that many you know excited gays in one place pretty much <laughs> is, is something very special and uh they just yeah the i was very lucky we had very good seats in the arena we got to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff as it was setting up as well and just getting the sense of how much production is behind the spectacle of it was superb like it really is a pretty tremendous show mm-hmm. but this year but this year it is this yeah year. so i mean if you remember i i Another reason I'm very happy, I correctly predicted it last year you after did. my humiliating defeat the first time around. Yeah, we, we said it would be Nessa, and sure enough... It was the chicken song. It was the chicken song. I feel that should be playing behind us now. There should be a little... Oh, it, it already is. Yeah, the, the, the tide turned. It went from that kind of very quiet thing that Portugal did the year before to mm. Netta's insane chicken pop last year. Back to what um, we expect, to be honest. Pretty much. Yeah, back to, I think that was, that, yeah, the, there was a sort of like, there was a, a, an intake of breath for, for you know, let's let's calm things down. Let's do this soft song. And then everyone was like, okay, we've done that. Let's go back <laughs> Is to that it. how it usually works? Is it kind of like a pendulum where it just kind of keeps shifting tonally year to year as a reaction from the last? No, I know. I mean, there's there there's definitely there's parts of it that are cyclical, I think, and there's definitely kind of patterns that you can see year to year where things that seem to work for some countries then get copied by others and whatever. And so there were mm-hmm. like there were actually quite a number last year of songs that were you know in the same vein as as what Portugal did the year before, and they just didn't work. And so like the you know there was a, a kind of radical swing back to you know trashy Eurovision in all its beautiful glory and so do you think we'll get some like weird chicken songs this year I do I think I think we'll get quite a lot of weirdness this year and I mean we're going to go through some of it certainly but 
Um, the interestingly, the favorite at the moment this year is probably the most dour and mundane of the songs that's out there. It's it's a nice song, but it's very low key. Mm. Um, do we want to start with that? Do we want to do a big picture setting, or do we want to jump right uh, into? No, no, we we definitely have to mention the host country before we. Oh, start. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's fair, right? Okay, well, we'll we'll come back to this other point in a, in a few minutes as well. But there was a decent amount of drama last year because uh, pretty much everybody who went to it kind of figured Israel was going to win and it was a fairly easy prediction to make and then when we got there um, in the week leading up to it especially out of nowhere came Cyprus and Cyprus had this fantastic just you know banger of a song that every club wanted to play all the time and like every restaurant we went to in Lisbon for that <laughs> week it was on in, in the background or whatever it was called Fuego and it was a total rip of a Rihanna song. I mean, she almost, you know, she does a fake Caribbean accent at the beginning. And it was really, you know, I, I didn't even put it well, on, on the show She is from an island, man. She was, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, and like there was, there was a whole buzz about that because, you know, if, if Cyprus had won, they don't have anywhere that they could host it. Like there's nothing in Nicosia that's big enough. There's, you know, really? yeah, no. absolutely not. So they would they not to, use the other side. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Turcovision uses the other side, not Eurovision. Um, but yeah, so it would have been a, a big deal if they had won. And everybody was kind of getting ready for this. And even on the night, they were a fairly close second. And there was huge, huge support for them in the in the uh, arena. So it was still actually very exciting at the end when Netta finally pulled ahead and won it. And uh, her doing so, like as soon as she, she won, uh, very strangely, she's from Tel Aviv herself. But when she won, uh, her kind of acceptance speech was I'll see you all in Jerusalem next year mm. and there was there was a like intake of breath in the arena people were like oh wait oh, no, no no we're we're okay with you winning but that's a, another step which and happened first the US recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel that had already happened yeah. that had already yeah, happened yeah. Okay. And I was so, going to wonder did Trump like get inspired to do it because of the Eurovision <laughs> no no <laughs> perhaps the other way but that would be weird too um, <laughs> I think if Trump was inspired by the Eurovision at all he'd be a better person yes in any way whatsoever yeah well, I mean, agree. he has the fake tan down he does, he does yeah, yeah. Um, the mad hairdo he could yeah he could be a backing dancer for something strange in <gasps> Eastern European imagine possibly. the jiggles yeah. imagine the jiggles sorry, sorry I'm just writing down Trump Eurovision background dancer for yeah. artwork ideas perfect perfect yeah do it okay go on um, and Theresa May doing her conference dance in the oh front as god. well. So, yeah, there's, oh god! <laughs> there's a lot you could put together there. Um, but yeah, so so people immediately, you know, were, were pretty happy about uh, Netta because everyone wanted that song because of its weirdness and creativity to win. And then the the actual realization that this meant the controversy that it meant sort of gradually settled in. And I remember even in the few days afterwards that we were still there, there was a lot of fans talking about right away whether they were going or not. So like immediately at the time, it was it was already you know, something that people were deciding about. And then increasingly over the last while, it's become a big issue of, so, of yeah. Just in case someone lived in a box or like a cave or mm. Leitrim, <laughs> what is controversial about having the Eurovision in Israel? Yeah. So, I mean, the controversy is really about having anything in Israel. Uh, there's, you know, so, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, of anger about Israel's existence on an existential level at all, but then especially over the the idea that this is an international showcase that gets to sugarcoat a country. And I mean, that's, that's true no matter who does it. But and I Israel think have had it before, though. They have, yes. Of course they have. Yeah, they very famously... They, they have, twice, yeah. Um, but, and you know, within recent kind of the folk memory of, of Eurovision, they had a very important one with Dana mm. International and, you know, a trans winner. That was a huge thing at the time. Was she the first trans winner? She was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, uh, that, that was a very, very big deal for that early on. I think that was 97 or 98. Mm, was, I remember. Yeah. 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 Mm, so, um, but yeah, it, it's, this kind of came at a time fairly close to um, them winning. There were some uh, fairly big issues going on with, with Gaza at the time. And there was, you know, so, so there had been recent 
atrocities. That I'm using a word that I know some people will be angry that I attribute this to, to Israel, but there were some fairly terrible, questionable actions that had taken place at the time. And so the idea of being able to put that aside and going to somewhere and dancing with gay abandon and, you know, kind of giving Israel a chance to, you know, make those picture postcards that it puts before every song and kind of, you know, get to, to gloss things over is something that is problematic for an awful lot of people. And did, when, when they hosted it the last two times, was there the same kind of ill feeling and fear? Well, I mean, there's so long ago, I don't think so. No, I mean, I'm sure that the security would have been an issue, um, but I don't know enough about it to, to, to say well, whether there's... We haven't some, even mentioned security of the yeah. people that are going to it. Now, all we're talking about is that people's distaste at the idea of having it in Israel because they yeah. disagree with the, the politics of the state and how it's being run at the moment. Yeah. And that wasn't really so much of a thing the previous times. No, I presume not. Again, I mean, I, I don't know having, you know, it being yeah. so long ago that it, perhaps it was to some extent, but certainly I, I not can't the imagine the, yeah, the international outcry against it. The, the fact, I mean, here in Dublin, there are people leading uh, not only boycotts, uh, the Eurovision, but e- even like within the gay community of Dublin, there's a lot of, of uh, people who don't want there to be parties for it. who don't want mm. it to even be watched. And I think it's, it's counterproductive in a lot of ways. I mean, a part of the reason for it existing at all is supposed to be that it is transcendent in its nature, that it is a frivolous yeah. thing, but that it's a unifying frivolous thing. And I think it is, it's, I, I have a problem with the idea of saying that there's some sort of line arbitrarily that every country has its problems and some are, you know, greatly more than others, but that there is some sort of line that you say, well, that country doesn't get to have it in the same way or doesn't get to, 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 you know, make the most of it. We had it in Russia fairly recently and Russia has, you know, pretty questionable in lots of ways too. And but I suppose it would be interesting, well, the reason I was asking about was like Israel certainly, are, like the stuff that they're doing is not necessarily new. Maybe sure. the public yeah. perception of what it is is changing. Certainly tonally people are a lot, people are a lot less hesitant to condemn what Israel does in terms yeah. of its, as you say, atrocities or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. them. It's state actions against people in Gaza and the West Bank. But I guess if it was, if Russia were to win this year, there would be the same kind of outcry against it next year. There would, yeah. It wouldn't have yeah. been there before because yeah. the tone of the public perception about these countries has shifted. There's much more of a good versus bad mentality about yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, there is. And it's, yeah, and it's, I mean, yeah, yeah again. But then why do we let them compete? <laughs> Yeah, it's, if, it's, if they well, might win. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you either do this and and you you make it the thing that it's supposed to be, which is you you know countries come together and leave your guns celebrate at the door music. and put on your segways and yeah. your stance. And and if you're going to do that, I think you have to just leave the door open and let people do it. And I mean that the EBU, there are many countries who don't participate because they they don't want to have anything to do with it. And there's countries that, you know uh, Morocco is allowed if they if they want. They have in the past entered, but they haven't in, in a long time. Libya is allowed to enter if it wished. You know, I can't if imagine it had, that if it had a country. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the, there's. there's there's a lot of, of um, countries who just have nothing to do with it or have left it. But those who want to partake in it, I think, why not? And if they win, as they deservedly won last year, you know, it's their right to put it on. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a big controversy to go to it, which is... Uh, the, the Eurovision has been historically apolitical or it's always tried to be. Do you yeah. Think it'll, <laughs> yeah. Do you think it, it can, like, it can't, it can't avoid it this year at all, be it yeah. the, the yeah. subject matter of the songs or or what people say around it? Yeah. Like, how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm... I wonder how much of that will come across to the public. So again, I'm, I'm back to watching it from home and, and seeing the, just the highly stage managed TV version of it, which 
you know, that, that's what I, I mean by the, the experience last year of seeing just how much was going on behind the scenes was really eye opening. And actually part of that was seeing um, Netta, the, the Israeli act last year, had Mossad agents with her backstage. And so when you could see them wow. coming on stage, she was surrounded by minders that mm. none of the other acts had, which was a, quite a strange thing to see. Turned out to have been a good idea because someone got on stage. That's true. There was there was a stage invasion, not not of her act, mm. but actually of the UK's one. It was a, a kind of serial stage invader idiot. Um, that was unbelievable. So again, I think none of this came across on television, but one of the real big moments in the stadium uh, at it last year was that point where uh, Suri, who was uh, the entrant for the UK, halfway through her act, somebody ran on stage, pushed her, stole the mic from her, and then started talking about how the BBC are Nazis. Um, so fairly mad stuff and had yeah. stuff printed on his I, I was, and that's in the slow motion moments where he was running up. I was like, oh, here we go. Here's a Brexit. Is yeah, a Brexit yeah, rant yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, and yeah. then no, completely not. But this, this thing happened where they pulled him off stage fairly violently and fairly quickly. I think it's cut to the logo or whatever for the TV viewers, but we could, you know, watch it all unfold. And she, while the song was still going, picked up her mic and just started singing again. And everybody just like entirely, the entire stadium just got on its, its feet at once and were totally behind her. And it's one of the, the best times at any sort of concert that I've ever mm. been to where you're really behind mm. somebody doing something. And it was just such a lovely moment that I, I guess just didn't translate because TV had to hide what had happened, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it was nice. Things like that were, really are something that would make me want to, to go back to it in, in future years again. Um, but I guess there's going to be extremely tight security this year because the chance of there being a stage invasion of any sort when it's in Israel, they will not want that occurring. I suspect so. if someone's even tall and they jump up, you're just going to see pink mist rising from the front <laughs> of the stage. Quite possibly. I'd say it'll be, yeah, th- there'll be a subdued kind of front row possibly this time. And, and <laughs> yeah, they're all just big, heavy looking <laughs> guys. Are you sure you guys are just here to party? Yes, yeah. we are just here to party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll be an interesting yeah, but in thing. In terms yeah. of the, the politics of it, do you think countries are going to pass comment in terms of either the songs that they, they submit no, I, I don't actually know. I mean, I've seen, I've seen what the songs are. So let's go to a really interesting kind of side note here, um, which is the Ukraine. Um, <laughs> Ukraine, uh, <laughs> I love them. I, they have some of the best entries in the, in the last 10 years have come from there. Not recently, sadly. They won a few years ago with a, a song that I really loved, uh, Jamala. Uh, they entered for them, sang this very powerful song and, and won and it was in Kiev. Um, and then since then, it's been a bit downhill. But this year, they had their uh, national television program to pick their winner. And Jamala was on that jury. So she was one of the people asking the questions at the end. And the uh, particular uh, artist that won, Jamala said, you know, I have an awkward question for you, Crimea. It's part of Ukraine. And this poor girl who was, you know, there to sing a song, you yeah. see her shitting herself on the stage. And she was like, yes, of course. But the idea that you can ask that or you can make that a condition of whether you get to represent the country in Eurovision was just so ridiculously that's, wrong. That's such a curveball yeah. to throw. That's such a total shift. Yeah. It, it, it was. It's like, I mean, it's it, like it, Britain's it Got a, Talent, Simon Cowell going, life begins at conception. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly like that. That's that, It's completely true. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it came out of nowhere. And then it, this was followed up by an issue that they had where the national broadcaster in, in Ukraine um, required the winning act to sign a much more details than usual uh, contract with them that said that they had control over what they might say, when they might say it, that they, the kind of national broadcaster would set the agenda for everything they do. Mm. And the artist who, who won said absolutely not. And then the rest of the artists also quit in solidarity with them. And so they are out of the competition this year pretty much because they had a, a complete wow, yeah, resignation from, from all the artists because of trying to be so heavy-handed about it. Um, and so, you know, it, it is, you know, 
incredibly political in places, but that attempt to be that political has backfired for them and they've just disappeared out of there. We need to have a fringe Eurovision next year. The only way, that's the only way to fix it. <laughs> Where you're allowed to be as political as possible. No, and, the other way around. Oh, right. <laughs> no, you know the way you have fringe events to make them more political because they're not political enough? We're going oh, to flip yeah. the other way and just have a full on flamboyant gayness, not yeah. giving a shit about it. No, I, I think it actually is pretty much that already. But um, Is it though? <laughs> it, it is. No, I mean, there's always been... Th- Are you guys the, having a party? I'm having a party. I'm having a party in my house though, so I'm not having like a... a, a you're not a having the party. Party. I, I'm sure Penny Bar are having a party. I'm not I, because I, I wanted after many years of having a big party. There's there's a good bit of stress that comes with that. And like going last year to just enjoy the event for what it was, I really really liked that. And so <laughs> mm. this year I just want to yeah be at home with a, a smaller group of people, a lot of people who were who were at the event with me last year, and really get trashed and just yeah <laughs> get just, trashed and enjoy the trash exactly and just enjoy the ludicrous spectacle that it is at home. How and, are you guys going to decide who gets to fan? Boy, which country? Oh, we already had a preview. Uh, so a few weeks ago, as, as we usually do, we had a, a kind of preview party to look through all of the things. And people have their favorites. And actually, there's a good bit of disagreement there. I have my bets down. I've already, I'm, I'm, I'm all done on, on my, where my money has gone and stuff like that. And I've been watching the odds over the last few weeks as well, which have changed really quite radically, actually, in, in the past two weeks, especially. I imagine like the Paddy Power activity within your apartment building just spikes at this time of the year and yeah, then, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. drops again. Yeah, they must be like, yeah, there's, well, this is the thing the gays care about. So I mean, like, yeah, sports is no good to us at all. But, <laughs> but all the money suddenly appears that, yeah, the pink pound shows up and gets betted only for Eurovision, essentially. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, there's, there's, I think a lot of people who who went to it last year are not traveling this year and are watching it in house parties and parties around Dublin and I'm sure in lots of other countries too. So it's going to be a lot more local people just enjoying it in Tel Aviv this year. I think so. Yeah, I think I think that well, it'll still be huge, I'm sure. It is in Tel Aviv, though, isn't it? It's not in. It, it, no, it's in Tel Aviv, yeah. So the, so the Jerusalem thing never happened. Uh, weirdly, after she she said that, Netanyahu um, made a statement and called her, I think, one of the greatest citizens of Israel or something. Really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so quite a strange thing. And again, I mean, he's a fairly right wing person, and she's you know beloved by the LGBT community in, in Tel Aviv, and it's a fairly you know out there character. And I think because she said the thing about Jerusalem, he was mm. completely behind her. And then that kind of fizzled away and it became Tel Aviv, which I think was the more acceptable version. Uh, but then Tel Aviv also has problems. Like, I believe that they're having to use a huge cruise ship as a kind of temporary hotel in the bay because they don't have the capacity to use because, you know, the, the crowds that come to this are so vast mm. that they, they need to house them somewhere or whatever. And, and so, um, I mean, that's, you know, the... STI rate of playing oh. just filling a cruise ship with gays after Eurovision <laughs> in a bay. I, I just hope the WHO have people on standby for this because we're talking about it's like it actually became it became more like cost effective to just like unanchor them and just float them out to sea. Yeah, I think <laughs> put a big bell on the front of the boat and everyone has to hide whenever they hear it coming into the harbour. <laughs> oh, CSS syphilis. <laughs> This is, I'm, I'm a terrible ambassador for my community saying such things, but yeah, <laughs> but we all know fact. it's true. It's that's, a statistical fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to get into talking about the song soon enough, but before we do that, Donald, do you want to take a minute to just talk about what makes a good Eurovision song? Just so we have criteria, because sure. if something's a good song, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good Eurovision song and definitely vice versa. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's very identifiable tropes to Eurovision songs and it's, yeah, the years like the the Portuguese win a few years ago, they're, uh, they're the ones that kind of buck that a little bit. So you do get a kind of reaction against them every now and again. But for the most part, you're talking about, yeah, I, like something very pop. It needs to be really catchy. It needs to be something that, 
you know, they, they have exactly three minutes to, to make their performance. A lot of people who are watching in the vast millions and millions of TV audience at home only have that three minutes. They haven't nerdily watched them all several times on YouTube like I have. <laughs> and so it needs to be catchy from the beginning. It needs to build as it goes. So usually they do that with a good key change or two halfway through. Nice. Um, it helps if it has a strong visual gimmick, just so that it draws more people to the television as well. And it, it should, you know, it sits within that kind of Swedish pop, well-defined by ABBA area for the most part, though it's become right. a bit more dancey recently, though it's usually always around 10 years behind what music currently trends as anyway. So <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Like Rihanna was copied last year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So we're going to get dubstep in like two years. Exactly. So, uh, the character of the performer, of the actual performer is very important too, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I mean, so there's a limit to the amount of people that can be on stage. Mm. And so sometimes you get groups, but you tend to get one central performer a lot of the time and then uh, kind of either backing dancers or backing singers with them. And yeah, a lot of the time, just the, the charisma of that person is, is a big factor in it as well. And so... You know, that's sometimes that's things like Jamala from from uh, Ukraine a few years ago, who was just an incredibly powerful singer and had a slightly Stevie Nicks witchy thing going on on stage when she was doing her thing, which was great. And then sometimes it's Iceland this year where they're dressed in fetish gear. So it just it's it's hard to define, but you want a a charismatic, you know, compelling visual going on during yeah. the song as well. And it's not to say because remember that mad death metal band that wore Lordy. Lordy, yes, Lordy, from, yeah. from Finland. Yeah. yeah, everyone, yeah everyone. yeah. So it's not to say that just because you're a bunch of weirdos from Scandinavia dressed up, you're not going to win. You yeah, might. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think they were an example previously of the book The Trend thing because mm. that was 2006 and uh, the, the song that came second that year is still considered by Eurovision fans to be the true winner of that year and like one of the great uh, <laughs> Swedish Eurovision classics. Um, it was a song called uh, Invincible by a Swedish artist called Carola who had previously won for Sweden and she's always considered robbed for, for right. coming along. So Lordy are the pretenders to the throne. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. They're still hated by, by most people. It so was pretty it, awful to be honest. It was a tra- uh, yeah, dreadful song. Yeah, but it was it was a reaction against Eurovision being so I far like away. I like it. Of course Archie. you do. Of course you do. Yeah, see? Get out of here. And there's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. Will, will we will we talk about some of this year's then? So perhaps yeah, let's do it. Perhaps let's start with Iceland then. So because I mean, the the lordy of this year are certainly Iceland, and uh, Iceland have gone for a you know the, the Scandinavia produces lots of pop, but Scandinavia also produces an awful lot of heavy heavy dark metal, and uh, this is a shouty metally thing with a lot of fetish wear, and I loathe it in every way possible <laughs> wait sorry the skype call could I, was that loathe or love oh no, no i hate it i detest it i want it not he to be anywhere it. near me he, uh, i heard yeah he can't live without it okay <laughs> yeah. yeah no i'm all for the the fetish gear i think great that's that's fantastic well done on on doing a visual that will assault the eyeballs of of you know the hundreds of millions of unsuspecting europeans uh but the song itself deary me Yeah, um, my opinion is they're terrible and I don't give a shit about the fetish. They should lose. Hard. See, this is the problem. I'm like, yeah, take a better song and wear fetish gear. Great. You know, (laughs) like all for that many straps being on somebody. But like, what a shite song. Like, it's really, it's, it's just, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. But I think it's, it's the sort of protest vote of this year. So this is the thing, like, if you want to, um, which lots of people do every year, if you want to say like, fuck the normal Eurovision thing, like, let's, you know, step away from all of this kind of, you know, poppy predictability this is what people are going to vote for. So, And is that, is that a very intentional thing? Like if, if, yes. the, if they think there's going to be a controversial, a controversy surrounding a, a Eurovision, is there always like this kind of 
dark horse entry intentionally. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, without fail every year. I mean, you, so a lot of the time it's a more rock and roll leather jackety kind of thing than this. So there's always like uh, Switzerland have been doing that for a long time. There's a, a lot of countries that put in just totally out of place, you know, U2 tribute bands basically that don't belong in Eurovision at all. And so they get a slice of, of voting because there's an audience out there who are tuning into it and want to not be predictable, not vote for the pop thing. And so this is a more extreme version of that. And that's what worked for Lordi. And I think they, they're very consciously banking on that idea that they're a bit more hardcore in Scandinavian in the way. I mean, Lordi was a cartoony version of the same thing. But yeah. I think they're, you know, it's a very conscious choice. They're going for something that's going to be away from the the mainstream. And I can see this doing really well. I would be surprised if it's uh, if it's not in the top 10 or the top five at the end of it. It'll certainly qualify. Wow. Um, but it's, it is, it is bad. It's ghastly. <laughs> It did is. they did they make jokes about soda streams? What? Who? That band, that Icelandic band. I don't know. Soda streams are made in the occupied territories of the West Bank. Are they? It's a pretty controversial thing, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, okay. Oh, well, wasn't there a thing with Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. spokesperson for them for a while and she got in trouble for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, I'd heard that, he, I don't know, maybe it was a different band that were also competing for Iceland's place, but their song was basically about soda streams. Wait, are, are, are soda streams a thing still? I mean, that's, I remember that from the 80s growing up in rural Leitrim. I have one in my so. kitchen. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I like fizzy water. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, that's <laughs> forget the whole Eurovision thing. Today. Let's go deeper into this. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. bubbles on my tongue when I consume H two O. There's not. There's nothing else to think about. Okay, that's fine. You can sometimes get it directly from a shop, though. They, I know. They... And then you have to buy extra plastic bottles. So I had to weigh the choice between buying more plastic <laughs> mm-hmm. and having it fill my green recycling bin, and then potentially just be thrown into the sea, as we found it in our last episode. Thanks. And to the morality of the occupied territories. And the morality. Of the <laughs> God, being, so, yeah. being alive in 2019 is so fucking tricky. It's fucking <laughs> hard. Isn't it the complicated? No. I wish someone would just give us a, a quick yes or no chart that we could carry yes. with us. Yeah, yeah. Or finally invent the computer that we can all could carry around. It's like good, bad, yeah, good, perfect. bad, good, bad, 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 bad. Um, let's let's go from Iceland onto uh, some of the. Well, okay, we, we've we've skipped our our national song. Actually, we I think in previous Eurovision episodes we uh, we led with Ireland's entry. I'm reluctant to do so oh, because, I'm, as yeah. usual, it is an absolute pile of shit and we clearly don't care about this anymore um but i really in particular the video is so I, bad i was That's just going to say me. i mean i know people are going to listen to this on headphones and i like please listener stop what you're doing take out youtube for a moment go back and listen to the rest of the show obviously afterwards but like and look, subscribe look at how bad we we i mean oh it's, i'll it's, put a link in the show notes to all of these videos and i'll put ireland first yeah i mean so i, I rarely feel national shame of this degree but like fuck me we spent probably a euro on this video so they just they took this poor girl down to uh, the seafront near where we're recording this right now on a really windy day. They got the cheapest clothes they could and then they s- just put every Instagram filter at once on the video. So it's just like this horrible, like retro, you know, that that kind of old footage look that Instagram does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that with very high contrast. Yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, the wind's blowing in her face. It's not managed. She's just standing, <laughs> miming on a beach. Let's Let's have a look. Every time I'm with somebody, I'm confusing him with you. Anywhere I go reminds me of the things we used to do. And I dreamed about the street where we kissed out of the blue with your heart. Now I'm but 22. Oh, I'm turning that off. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. I, ugh. I mean, uh. like, I feel sorry for her because, I, you know, it's... Uh, 
she's she's going to be associated with this piece of rubbish song and I you know I'm sure she's a lovely person and all it that took Mickey like, Joe Hart 20 years to come back from it did time. yeah you can't check these things off easily and it, it's rubbish it's a, it's also I mean the song itself is very unoriginal it's a kind of like extremely diluted Taylor Swifty kind of thing that's you know trying to go for a catchy hook and missing that even I don't think we'll qualify this year we did last year. It was a very exciting to see the Irish entry in the final because we haven't seen that in a while. And last year was a little bit better quality and had a a, a gimmick with the there was the uh, two guys yeah dancing. there was a, a gay couple on stage dancing and so that that kind of helped as well. Uh, this year I don't know how they're staging this, but wow, is <laughs> exactly one to one? They're just going to have a cardboard cutout. <laughs> this is the exact scene. Yeah, pr- probably. Yeah, I mean they're going to hope to stick some filters on the live TV stream. I guess I don't know. It's. It's terrible. And people in other countries, I'm sorry that Ireland seems not to care. Many, many of us living here do, but uh, our national broadcaster clearly doesn't have any money to spend on this. So what Donald is saying is that he's going to invade the stage and say, RT or Nazis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cheap Nazis at that because they won't put any fucking money behind this. Shabby, shabby Nazis. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's move on to someone who's good. So let's actually, let's look at something with a little bit of of razzmatazz. Uh, Let's go for Azerbaijan because um, Azerbaijan has no shortage of money when it comes to Eurovision and for years have been just absolutely hurling cash at it. And in addition to doing that, they have chosen an extremely handsome man and a really good catchy song. And wisely, knowing the audience that most of this is going to, they have put that handsome man uh, shirtless in some water for us. So (laughs) thanks, Azerbaijan. This is the sweet spot for me between like all of the good hallmarks of a good pop song, but with all the, you know, right Eurovision beats. Agreed. This is sitting yeah. right in that sweet spot for yeah. me. Yeah. It's really good. It's, I mean, so yeah, they, they, I, they've done this pretty well for several years. So Azerbaijan is a recent winner mm-hmm. as well. And they know what they're doing when it comes to the, the kind of production for this. So they're, they're doing exactly what you're describing there. Like they sometimes have a little bit of an appeal to um, the, the kind of uh, Eastern block voting that goes on by having either the beat of something that sounds a little bit Eastier than the rest of the songs do or kind of ethnic instruments in it or stuff like that. But they still go for a very mainstream kind of pop thing. They always do stage gimmicks. They always do like fantastic costumery and, and you know, really beautiful people on stage. Um, I think this is going to do terribly well. It's, it's a fantastic song and they have the formula kind of well worked out. Is there any kind of like... Um budget restrictions put on what they can do on stage or can a country just turn up with whatever the fuck they want? Oh no, they can, I mean, and as evidenced by Russia in previous years, Russia also hurls money at this. And so a few years ago, uh, the the entrant that Russia have this year, uh, Sergei, he has entered, I think two years ago or three years ago. Um, and when he did, they built a kind of light projection uh, thing for him. So this special thing that he stood on that had its own projection system. And uh, they used a kind of a, a projection mapping stuff happening around him to make it look like he was falling through space and stuff like that. Ooh. Really, really impressive. Like a very cool setup. Did so the budget for these things come from the national broadcaster yeah, for each country? Yeah. So there, I mean, presumably there are kind of production limits on the physical size of what you can bring on because again like seeing it happen last year the 
the amount of turnaround that it takes, you know, for when you're watching this live, there's, there's seconds between the songs. And so mm. they bring on these, just the stage is flooded with people who pick everything up and move it and whatever. So you have to work out logistically how to get large set pieces on and off, but they all do this pretty flawlessly. And I, I, like within the limits of what you can quickly get set up on a stage, I think as long as your national broadcaster is willing to throw money at it, they're fine with that. And uh, it makes for some really good spectacle. When I think about the Eurovision, I love thinking about the fact that there's a guy probably for the entire night whose whole job is to just sweep glitter like specifically <laughs> just, glitter. Oh, just one? there is a lot of those that many are required this was really noticeable for us last year because at, at, like at the, the event itself one of the, the there was hundreds of light bulbs in uh, the set piece that went behind uh, the Swedish entry last year so I, we played it on the on the episode last year but it was a kind of a sounded a bit like early Justin Timberlake so it, it had mm. a nice kind of you know early synth poppy Timberlakey sound to it um, but he was standing in front of these things uh, with loads and loads of fluorescent lights on it and they do a quick test right before the song started and one of the bulbs obviously didn't come on and there was a bulb holding man who <laughs> was just standing at the side ready <laughs> with extra bulbs to run on if one, you know, so it's down to that level of planning and I fucking love that like that's stage management done well and sure enough they like within two seconds he had ran on refitted the new bulb got it ready and they were like good to go when the, the light hit them so yeah it was it's good stuff so these guys, they work in Grand Prix's at the weekend and then they work on Eurovision stages. <laughs> it has week. that sense. Yeah, yeah. It has that, that kind of that fastness of turnaround to it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is staged. I think Azerbaijan are are good for, for um, you know, putting on a bit of visual spectacle as well as a good song. And I think the song is just, this has a chance of being um, the Cyprus of this year. So that kind of like dark horse that suddenly appears and gains momentum. There's, there's one or two songs this year that have started to, to do the same as last year. So like last year, uh, with Netta being out ahead of everything for a long time. This year, the Netherlands are out ahead for a long time. So the Netherlands have long been the favourite at the bookies and they certainly have the most views online. A, a good kind of metric for early interest is just looking at the YouTube viewer numbers for the different songs. And mm-hmm. by a, a fairly big margin, um, it's the Netherlands who are most viewed at the moment. Um, and so the other songs that are kind of really quickly gaining ground, Azerbaijan is one of them. And uh, another of those is, is um, Switzerland, which we might talk about in a minute. But maybe we should listen to the Netherlands since it is the bookie's favourite. Interestingly, they've also put a naked man in water. I was about to say, is this yeah. guy underwater as well? Yeah. You see the other guy floating in the background doing his shoes. <laughs> the one tank. Yeah, so that, that big chorus when it hits is pretty good. It's um, it's doing a thing that uh, a lot of uh, songs that have ranked highly but not won in the last few years have done that kind of more discordant sounding thing. So they're not on the kind of, you know, the the major key melodies we normally have for happy, happy pop. They're a little bit more somber. They're a little bit you know, less expected. And it's definitely doing that as well. Um, it's a nice song. It's, you know, I, I, I don't dislike the song at all. I just, I like it to be a happy, upbeat Eurovision winner. So I, I would rather that it was something like Azerbaijan than it was this, but I think this, it, I, I agree with the bookies that this has a very good chance. Yeah. But you're not going to call it as your favorite yet. Oh, it's not my favorite. It's absolutely. I mean, I mean to say the one that you think will win. Um, yeah, I, no, I, yeah, I'm 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 on the fence about this a little you bit. Have to I pick think one by the end of the show. I will, I will, I will. Yes, yeah. I mean, I so I have what I want to win because of where I've put money on things. <laughs> I have what I think will win rationally, which is this. I mean, I think I've, uh, the same thing. That's looking back at last year, the early views on YouTube that Netta had at this point compared to the, the rest of the songs said a lot about. There's there's a key component of the voting audience that will 
kind of pre-watch some of it and will have a favorite in mind and are watching on the night to see that one come up again. And there, the problem is like the, the audience is huge. There's a huge amount of people watching, but not everybody votes. And the people who are motivated to vote are often people who are like, you know, have been watching this on repeat or Repeat listening watching, to it on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. So, so what Donald is telling us is that he's using the same kind of theories as Nate Silver to pre-predict what's going to happen and make fucking money. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so, so my logical uh, brain says, yeah, it's probably going to be them. And it's, you know, it's a bit of a Dara song. My money-making brain uh, hopes that it is my actual favorite song this year, which is Greece. Okay. We'll hear that. And uh, the Greek song has, uh, I'm a huge fan of, of Florence and the Machine. And it has a really Florency vibe and a really kind of, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Annie Lennox's video for uh, Walking on yeah. Broken Glass from no. many years ago, but it's like, yeah, it, it has a lot of that kind of weird ballerina, crazy aesthetic going on. And I fucking love it. So, I mean, this is this is true art of Eurovision here. So it's weird looking. It's fantastically overproduced. She has a phenomenally good voice. Mm -hmm. She has a build that goes through it. And the lyrics are, you know, very easily read as a highly pro-gay marriage theme, which is going to sit well in lots and lots of the progressive audience in the various countries that don't have that yet who are going to be watching this. Uh, Greece, I, I actually don't know. I presume they probably do, but I'm not sure. Um, but certainly that's like the, there have been in recent years, a lot of songs that have some sort of undertone of that. And when you look at the voting uh, that's taking place, the public vote in some of the, the countries that are unexpected, like for example, Russia, there's a lot of people who are voting because there's something aspirational about it, which I love about Eurovision that it mm. does that. And so this is going to do that this year as well. And I got this at 42 to one. So yeah. Great. yeah so. This is definitely the most Donal song. Thank like you. Based off your previous, <laughs> based off your previous, like you're, you know, you, you were a big fan of Lorene. Yeah, like yeah. Kind of getting Lorene vibes. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's the most Donald track for sure. It is, yeah. Sadly, I think it's going to be eclipsed by, by some of the other ones, by both Denmark in terms of their... Um, uh, being a little bit more unexpected, I think this one is, it, it's that's a very expected Eurovision sound uh, as well. And so I think, you know, people who want to do the full-on protest vote will go for Iceland. People who want to do something a little bit less expected might go for that um, Netherlands song. So I think it's it's probably not going to do as well as I would like it to. But I just, I think it's it's worth mentioning. It's a fantastic tune. I think we got it's time. It's already won your heart. It has. And isn't that what really counts? No, no, not really. Yeah. Okay, we got time for one more, Donald. What we go for? Yeah, well, let's listen to Switzerland then, because uh, Switzerland is the one that's uh, kind of in the last few days, especially come out of nowhere in terms of uh, suddenly getting a lot of traction. And this is what happened last year with uh, um, Fuego, the the song from uh, Cyprus that kind of started small and then grew and grew and grew. This is basically Despacito. <laughs> the algorithm already knows I put in SWI into YouTube and it's like Switzerland Eurovision 2019 yeah. <laughs> and how many million views does it have now? Uh, 3.2 yeah, that was quick so that's that's in a few days that it uh, has accrued about an extra 2 million there I didn't think you could press refresh so many times Donald I, I don't even like this that much I just think that this is going to be the banger that comes out of nowhere and people like it, it is very very catchy and it's Despacito we stick it on there 
When she go low, when she go low, she go solo, she go solo. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. When she go low, when she go low, she go solo, she go solo. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's a few problems with this. One, it's immensely derivative of a huge, successful pop song. That's part of your vision. It sounds like but, a stock music version of Despacito. Exactly, yes, exactly. It's it's kind of, it's not as, as original as Despacito was. It's just, it's a, a kind of a, a rough clone of it. Also, I would be a little bit unhappy if uh, Switzerland were the winners because it would be so fucking expensive to go there that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's that's a country that a cup of coffee costs seven or eight quid in. So uh, to go there and, and enjoy Eurovision is, is a prospect that will be hard on the wallet. So you're just basically going to vote for the, the cheapest country to go yeah, to Greece. next year? Yeah, Greece would be great. <laughs> Good weather, cheap foods, <laughs> Ryanair flights. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's um it's a uh, there, there's always this 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 kind of thing that's uh, you know especially amongst the the fandom who are the people who are watching all these at the beginning that you know if you settle early on something it's also the familiarity breeds not contempt but you know it becomes boring after a while and so lots of people have rewatched Netherlands possibly and are now feeling oh maybe it should be something else and I think this has then suddenly crept in there in the same way as Fuego did last year and so mm. I would not be terribly surprised if it did get across the line because again it is catchy from the beginning in a way that a lot of the audience tuning in and seeing it for the first time in the night uh, will will get a lot will come down to its staging because part of what helps uh, a song now is that it's going to be seen twice by a lot of people or if it's staged really well it's going to be noticed at the semi-final and people will be looking out for it so something like Conchita Verst when she uh, won that that kind of the surprise factor of the bearded drag queen singing the song that came out of nowhere because people started talking about it in the semi-final and so we're looking for it in the final. Yeah. So if they also can put together some decent staging, which I, I don't know what they're going to do yet, um, I suspect it'll probably be some dancing in cowboy hats, which may not be that amazing. But if they pull something a bit cowboy bigger out of, the, <laughs> out of the cowboy hat, uh, then they, they could do very well as well. Donald, come on. They're not cowboy hats. I, I don't know what kind of hats they are. Jesus. What, what kind of hats you, are they? You got the Eurovision thing then, but the fashion part of the gayness you do not do. Sorry, absolutely not. No, what, I told you, I just like wearing tutus all over my body like the Greek woman. So, um, uh, Richie, you have game written down in the show notes now. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a game. <clears throat> oh. So remember, if you remember, Donald, last two years, we've ended the this episode on a Eurovision lyric game. We have. Yeah, so the first year you had to decide between what was a lyric that I made up and what was an actual Eurovision lyric. Sure. I think last year you had to decide what was an actual Eurovision lyric and what was just a fragrance tagline. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. From a different yeah, perfume. Yeah. So this year I tried to think of ways, new ways to to, to try and confuse you because I think you've won each of the, you've gotten all the questions right or most of the questions right in the last two years. I've been trying to find a way to baffle you. I think I was quite bad at the at discerning between bad Tumblr poetry lyrics and it was that the first time we played this? That, that was the one that, that threw me because a lot, Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. did. That, that was another one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was, I was pretty bad on that one but yeah, last year the, the, the fragrance taglines oh, was, shit, was yeah, a bit there was, there was like There was an algorithm one. There was a, yeah, what was a, a, a Twitter bot uh, poetry yes. or what was yeah, yeah. the original yeah. oh that was right yeah. God, I forgot about that anyway so this year what I've done is I've taken uh, an iconic famous Eurovision lyric okay. and I've ran it through multiple versions of um, Bing <laughs> Translate this is already how they're written so all you're doing is repeating the process of how most of these songs come about in the first place <laughs> yeah so I took took the lyric and then I would translate it to French and then I would take that translate that to German and I would go through basically all of the lang- the the official languages of the Council of Europe member oh, states. Are you are you specifically saying Bing because that's a jab against Microsoft versus Google? <laughs> well, 
So I started doing it in Google. It was too and good. The translations were a little bit too good. <laughs> oh no! So Wait, have I, I to try and thing. like you know retroactively guess the original lyric? Yes. Oh my god, it's so difficult. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this first one's incredibly difficult. So I have a hard oh. version and an easier version. Okay. Okay. So the first one has been translated through all of the languages um, mm. of the the Council of Europe member states. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long mental. time. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. I met your leg. Safety. Very good words. Stop. <laughs> oh, so each pause there on. is a new line break. Okay, I met your leg. No, I... Safety. Is this, very is this good words. Extremely famous. Stop. Is this like a, a very this well is, Yes, this is an iconic one. Yes. Is it ABBA? Is it Waterloo? No, it's not. Okay, I'll give you an easier version, okay? okay. So this is translated through about half of the languages. <laughs> do it now. Do not believe. Tell the word. Just stay. The, wait, the leg was introduced, obviously, in those second set of languages then. That appears mm. nothing like the first one. Oh, um, just stay. Do it now. Do not believe. Tell the word. Is it Lorene? Just say. Nope. Oh, I give up. I don't know. It's Johnny Logan. Hold me now. Oh, hold me now. Hold me wow. now. Don't cry. Just say, uh, don't say a word. Uh, oh, just damn. That's good. Okay, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The second, the second version was gettable. That's, that's just foolishness yeah. on my part. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. It is. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, this was translated through about a third of the languages. <laughs> the enthusiasm waned pretty quickly. <laughs> I spoke about all the words ever said. Continue oh. ear. Terminal driving, colon, the current plan. Terminal driving. Terminal colon, driving. the current plan. <laughs> Which is a great movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think Nick Cage and Jason Statham are both in this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's like a Netflix mm. B movie. Yeah, yeah. You see, I mean, the, the existence of the word terminal makes me think of Terminal 3, the song by Linda Martin. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's, I don't think you would have used that because that came second in 1984. It's quite unlikely. Is it Terminal 3? No. It is Terminal 3. Hey! That was too so easy. the word terminal just managed to get through all those languages and stuff. It did. Oh, don't lie. I did it a bunch of times. Even so, this is one that I did about thir a third of the languages. That's I so did funny. one where I went through all of them, and the word terminal remained. <laughs> it's a sticky one. Uh, thanks, uh, Linda. Yeah, because I know that was. I think the last year's episode you um you asked to end on that one, so I knew it was a personal favorite of yours. It is a great song. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, let's see. Okay. Okay, so this one's again translate translate through all of the languages. Oh no. Uh, it's not a game. You're dough. Look at you playing with children emotionally. Oh god. <laughs> wow. That's creepy. Mm. I have an e slightly easier version if you want that as well. What I'd like is for you to sing the new lyrics to the tune of the original. Ah, here. <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't even if I wanted to, I don't know how. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I could with this. No, nothing. There's, yeah, there's no anchor point in that that I yeah. can see. Okay, maybe this one. Too, yeah. uh, easier version. Uh, I'm not in your game. You're a girl. You find yourself seeing. We dance with my children in tune with emotions. Is it Diva by Dana International? No. Hmm. Is it a I'm winner? not your game. And then the brackets, not your game. You're a girl. You find yourself seeing. We dance oh, with my children. Oh, it's Netta from last year, of course. Yeah. It's Netta. And so the chicken sounds didn't get translated. <laughs> so the, the, the Bing did not know what to do with those chicken sounds. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Google would have. Google That's good. Right? That's, I, I like that. There's some lateral thinking to that. That could be some sort of, you know, 
excuse to make uh, Eurovision a little bit more cerebrally complex for people. So yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you can market that as an app. Yeah. We're dancing with my dolls on the mother bucket beat goes to we dance with my children and chew with emotions. The the latter sounds more thought provoking, I think. It does actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's something nice in that. I like that. Okay, last one. And you're only getting one version of this. Okay. Uh facility. Season until the end of the year. Now and only you. That's this is this dry is Lorraine. Installation, Lorraine. installation, installation, installation. It's euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the until the end of time was was too yeah, that's that that's that's guessable by the season the until the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah What's yeah. installation installation euphoria for you? Installation. I don't know how it became installation, but yeah, yeah, you can you can get that by the the cadence. I like that. That's a fun game. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. So I yeah. think you, you got about half, I think. Half oh good, half. good, good, good. Yeah. It was yeah three good. three one. Was yeah. it? Yeah, it was three one. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, I did have some extra guesses on some of them, to be honest. But yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, Thank fine. you very much. It's fine. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for playing. I think that's it. That's it. That's Eurovision 2019. Donald, did you say who you were going? What your favorite? What the prediction was? Uh, so my prediction is, I, I I agree with the the bookies. I think it probably is going to be the Netherlands. I would hope that it's it's Greece for myself, and there's an outside chance that it's uh, Switzerland. But I think probably it's going to be in Amsterdam next year. Cool. Well, we will hold you to that. Will you go? Absolutely, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a correspondent on the ground again. Excellent. And uh, Donald, do you want to pick a song to play you out? I do, I do. So uh, part of, of my uh, sadness this year with uh, Iceland's absolute piece of rubbish could be uh, turned around by playing an old Icelandic song that I love very, very much. Mm. So there's a song uh, uh, also from 2006, the year that Lordy won. So uh, that same year, Iceland put a absolute genius piece of work in there. Uh, they had a sort of... Uh, there's a comedian in Iceland who's a sort of like Ali G type character. So she plays a kind of fictional pain in the arse character. Uh, her name is Sylvia Knight. And she entered with a song uh, about herself and how great she is called <laughs> Congratulations, I Have Arrived. And in the song, she uh, actually telephones God, who tells her that she's his favorite person. And that's what Iceland should still be doing. I fucking love you, Iceland, for Sylvia Knight. So please put on Congratulations by Sylvia Knight. Oh, it's already playing. Donald, thank you so much. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 